Can we say Magellan had foreknowledge of the location of Ophir and Tarshish before his voyage? As the first to circumnavigate the earth? Actually, yes, indisputably so. Wait till you see this. And the king of Spain knew. Duarte Barbosa knew. Cabot knew. Pinto knew. Pigafetta knew. So why exactly is this considered a mystery? It really shouldn't be. It is not very academic nor scholarly to say so, frankly, as the evidence will smack you in the head if you just search a little. That's all it takes, a little. See what you think. Welcome to 100 Clues. The Philippines is the ancient land of gold known as Ophir in the Bible and history. No, it's no fable, and this has already been proven in full in the God Culture Solomon's Gold series. Check it out. At the request of many viewers, we have pulled out 100 compelling clues, really proofs or evidences, from this research, in which we will highlight briefs of the most compelling points, and yes, there are over 100. These videos are for those who have not had time to watch Solomon's Gold series and easy to share to friends and family, especially skeptics. This brief video cannot replace that 50 video series, about an hour long each, and these are just briefs, nor prove the way that it does, but this will be very effective nonetheless. So go there for full evidence, but now... Part 25 of our series, 100 Clues the Philippines is Ophir. One clue at a time. First, to follow up on Columbus from our last video. We said Columbus, in his margin notes and journal, had initially found in his research the location of Ophir, Tarshish, the Garden of Eden, and some of the lost tribes of Israel. All in the Philippines, in fact. He was not the only one, however, in his era. Now, this original writing is lost to history, but preserved in an 1846 book by Reverend Thomas Stackhouse. Stackhouse records that Italian Jewish scholar and contemporary to Columbus, Ferrisol, reached the very same conclusion regarding the lost tribes. He says the lost tribes of Israel are in, for one, the Philippines. Huh? Ever hear that one in your history class? Yeah, us either. Gee, these Italian Jews were searching hard for the lost tribes in the Philippines. And why? Well, just look at what Columbus did to what he thought were the lost tribes of Israel in Haiti. He enslaved them and took their gold and resources. That's pleasant. And Magellan was headed in the same direction, until, of course, he lost his head, that is. The Spanish continued to repeat the same pattern. Columbus is cited to acquire this gold for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Yet the funny thing is, if he believed these were lost tribes, knowing the prophecy that they are to return to Jerusalem, would they not be a brother to a fellow Jew? It makes one wonder. If Columbus 
and his brand of Jew were even Hebrews in the first place. Hmm, we'll leave that one for another time. We do test that thoroughly in our Lost Tribes series. Now to Magellan. Let's start with Magellan's contemporary, Duarte Barbosa, who wrote of the Lucos, or Lacoy, depending on how you want to pronounce it, or we will better prove the people of Ilocos, or Ilocanos, whom he describes as rich and more eminent than the Chins, Chinese, and that traded much gold and silver in rich cloth and much very good wheat, beautiful porcelains, and many other merchandises. Notice what he nor any explorer ever says is that the Lucos were below or subservient to, nor in any way less than China, ever. You will not find that in history, and anyone that says so is really committing fraud. But he is clear they are greater than China at this time in history. This is a theme you will see recurring, especially in the Boxer Codex, which illustrates the difference And there is no question the people of the Philippines were far wealthier, especially in gold, with no connection to China other than they traded there. And that's why you find Chinese items in the Philippines. Duh. Now, we'll cover the Lucos later, but here's a more specific reference from Fernando Pinto, the Portuguese explorer. Ferdinand Pinto's journal describes Lucos Islands as belonging to a large group of islands, many of which were rich in gold and silver. Sounds exactly like Barbosa, doesn't it? That's because it's the same place. Pinto even goes as far as to give the exact location, latitude of the main Lucos Island as modern-day Luzon Philippines. In fact, if you follow his directions exactly, and we'll do that later, you will end up in northwest Luzon or Ilocos specifically. Again, more on this later. This was after Barbosa and Magellan, of course, but what we are about to show you will demonstrate that Magellan, too, knew where Ophir and Tarshish were specifically. First, know that Magellan marries Barbosa's sister, and he brought his brother-in-law, Duarte Barbosa, with him to Ophir. Both were killed in the Philippines because they did not come as friends, though Filipinos befriended them initially. Theirs is a shameful tale, really, of defeat as Magellan was killed in the first battle, which the Philippines won. Barbosa, in the second, also won by the Philippines, and Magellan's remaining crew dwindled down to only 18 remaining out of 270. Magellan was unsuccessful in enslaving the Ophirians and lost tribes. In what would become the Philippines, but the evil seed of destruction was planted. And of course, 
they returned with brute force in time. Anyway, these guys were family, and Magellan had certainly studied Barbosa's journal and knew full well of the Lucos, and he knew their true identity, and he recorded it as this. And here you have it. In Magellan's Voyage Around the World, author Charles E. Newell notes that Magellan himself had rewritten part of Barbosa's book referring to the Lucos. And in his version, here you go, Magellan substituted Tarshish and Ophir for the word Lucos. So he knew that the Lucos were those of Tarshish and Ophir. Indeed. Fact. Reading further in Charles Nowell's book, we find, Later, Christian writers for centuries associated the gold of Ophir with East Africa. Now, he's showing the progression of thought. So you go back and you can read all of the scholars back in that time that said, Ophir's in East Africa, it's in East Africa, it's in East Africa, it's in East Africa. Well, they were wrong, and even the scholarly community came along and realized that. Why do you think there was this huge race to the Indies? The Indies weren't just the Spice Islands. The Indies were Ophir and Tarshish. They knew that the location of the land of gold was there. That was not in question. Then he says, But at the time of the Portuguese discoveries, Ophir was thought of as... Aria Chersonesis, the Golden Peninsula. Now, that is also a name for Christ, the Greek Isle of Gold. Certainly wasn't in Greece, but it was in the Far East. Did they know that it was in the Far East? Again, they used to think it was in East Africa. Now, they believe that it's this Golden Peninsula. But even this writer says, but that proved out to be wrong. So, he said, uh, of Ptolemy, in which that Greek geographer also placed Katagara, mentioned by Pigafetta as the immediate trans-specific goal of Magellan. And again, they were wrong on that as well. But getting closer, honing in on the location all along. That's what explorers do. And shouldn't really be a surprise that there was a progression of thought. So you can go back again to that era and say, oh, well, it had to be the, the Malay Peninsula. Uh, that's old news that was already disproven. Okay, and Magellan knew better, as did Barbosa. The writer then says, but Magellan connected Solomon's treasure, Ophir, Tarshish, with something else he had read in Barbosa. Now, we know what he read in Barbosa. We just covered it. What did he read? He read that the Lukoi, the Lucos, the Lusos, however you want to pronounce it, of where? Of Luzon, the Ilocos, Ilocanos. And Pigafetta defines them when he comes uh, as the Lukoi, the Lucos, spelled basically the same. So these guys are talking the same language, and they're honing in. So they knew exactly where they were. They knew they were not in these other lands. 
the Philippines was Ophir and Tarshish. But Magellan connected it. So here we go. So, uh, wait, where did Magellan land? Did Magellan land in Taiwan? No. Did he land in Japan? No. He landed in the Philippines. Did he not know that Japan was much further north? Are we really supposed to forget that Barbosa was with him and knew very well where Ophir was, at least generally, but certainly not as far north as Japan? Evidently, we are supposed to, because this author then goes on. See, we don't agree with all of these guys just because we use their sources, nor do we have to, nor do we care to. We're just searching for the truth. So this author guesses Taiwan and Japan. Not bad guesses. He's making educated guesses. He's a scholar. There's no doubt about that. His research is good. His conclusions are not. And that is not rare. We find it all the time. So Barbosa himself knew where Ophir was. He knew it wasn't Japan. So we know that's not the case. Columbus believed this land was just above the equator, and this writer mentions, you know, oh, it's north of the equator, so it must be Japan and Taiwan. Also, Taiwan is not Isles, and though it has some gold, uh, certainly, but it pales in comparison to the Philippines, which is identified on Mila's map of 43 AD, even. Uh, we had someone say, oh, well, that was a reconstruction. Yeah, a reconstruction of Mila's map of 43 AD, and pretty well confirmed to be so. So if they can prove that that's not Mila's map, we'd be happy to listen. We've never seen any proof, however, uh, just bluster. Now, there is no coherent case for Taiwan nor Japan, and the Spanish knew that and proved it. One blogger actually said, why use an author if you do not agree with his conclusions? Well, a lot can still be gleaned from their research many times. So obviously, it's a good thing to do that. It's unwise not to. Columbus had good research, for instance. And he turned out to be right about Ophir in where he said it was, where he thought it was, where his research showed it was. But... When he landed in the Caribbean, he certainly was not in Ophir. He was wrong. He thought he was right, but he wasn't. It's okay. Let's not, you know, jump on the guy. He is trying to find something that no one else had found. So are we to now call America Southeast Asia because Columbus said it was Southeast Asia? Of course not, even though they do still call the <laughs> Caribbean natives, Indians, uh, which is rather ludicrous that they would keep that, but oh well. So these guys were searching for Ophir, and only one view was proven to be accurate, and that's the Philippines, proven by these same guys. So there is still no case for India, Malaysia, nor the rest, and we'll deal with them each. So that's coming. Continuing facing this great land of China. There are many islands in the sea. Now, that doesn't narrow it down. Obviously, Japan's there. The Philippines is there. Taiwan is there um, facing China. They're, they're all facing China. There's no doubt about that. 
beyond which, on the other side of the sea, there is a very large land which they say is mainland, from which there came to Malacca every year three or four ships. That's called the Philippines, not the Japanese. But like those of the Chins, who had ships like the Chins? The Philippines had junks. Pigafetta shows that, and we've already covered that at this point, I believe. Oh, no, it's coming. Belonging to white men who are said to be great and rich merchants. They bring much gold and silver in bars, silk, rich cloth, and much very good wheat, beautiful porcelains, and many other merchandises. Now, this is an ancient reference, and we believe that white men will cover the Lukoi, the Lukos, specifically that there were white men among them, and we believe that's because it's referring to Solomon's navy. It's referring to Phoenicians mixed with Hebrews. The Phoenicians were white men, and the Hebrews were dark-skinned, as history tells us over and over from Egyptian hieroglyphics uh, all the way forward. March 4th. 1525, less than six years after Magellan's voyage, Sebastian Cabot, the explorer, signed a contract with Spain, which did have as one of its objectives to discover Molokas, which is Malaysia, Tarshish, Ophir, Sepango, which some record is Japan, we are coming to believe that, that it may actually also be another reference to the land of gold in the Philippines. We haven't proven it yet. And Cathay, China. So, someone forgot to tell the king of Spain that he lived in Tarshish, right? And he could have saved all that money. Nope. He knew better. And so does history. This position of Tarshish being in Spain is nonsense, unacademic, and unscholarly. Nor does it have any support whatsoever. Nor Britain, by the way, who fraudulently named a mountain in Malaysia as Mount Ophir. Yet, we showed you that the Malays told Barbosa that the land of gold was the Philippines. And they even gave Pinto... Exact directions to Luzon Island, Philippines. Oh yeah, and the Malays rejected the British fraud then, and they still do to this day, as their name for that mountain is not Mount Ophir, but remains Ganong Lidang to this day. Oops, sorry Britain. They can't get around that. The British lost this debate royally. But they did win the war. It was under the U.S. control that this history was suppressed the most. See, in order to reach those conclusions, they have to completely ignore history. Peter calls it willing ignorance in 2 Peter chapter 3. And this permeates academia at the highest levels today. So although we would love to gain consensus from such academics, we could really care less if they ever come on board as they render themselves impertinent when they stand on a false paradigm with no basis or foundation. So there you have it. 
And on top of all the other clues, we are already in a no-brainer territory, just 25 clues in, a quarter of the way. Wow. Magellan, Barbosa, the King of Spain, Pinto, Cabot, Pigafetta, Columbus even, and even others. And we'll cover more as we go. New that the Philippines is as fact, Ophir and Tarshish. And this was no mystery at all. Until, that is, the world seemingly developed amnesia and forgot this well-known, well-recorded fact. Gee, how does that happen? As we keep saying, there is no debating. The Philippines is the land of gold in all of history. It is time this knowledge be restored. For those about to comment in ignorance, yep, we always get them. We dare you to watch Solomon's Gold series by the God Culture, the original channel, to prove the Philippines is in fact Ophir and the Garden of Eden, for that matter. Even here, we are breaking these into sound bites and clear points, but watch how all 100 clues tie together, even try just the first 25. With history, the Bible, science, geography, language, etc., and this series will blow you away. Already, we put down the gauntlet. Here's the challenge to any skeptics. Here's 25 clues. We dare you to prove it wrong. You will not. Solomon's Gold series has been out for over two years, and no one has been able to do so. Thank you for watching 100 Clues. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to click the bell. Like us on our new Facebook, The God Culture, space, hyphen, space, original. If you wish to skip ahead, go to The God Culture YouTube channel and watch their Solomon's Gold series in English or Tagalog. There will be a link on the next screen. We can know this truth and be confident this belongs to the Philippines, and no one can disprove it. Until next time.